Real fact number four, four, 1,470 of the 193 members of the United Nations, Britain has invaded 171 of them. Talk about a colonizer. Anyway, though, guys, what's up? And welcome back to the channel, Danilo Judd Reviews. I'm your host, Danilo Judd. And today is a bit of a sad day. Our WandaVision reviews are coming to an end. As you guys know, this is a podcast-exclusive episode where we do talk about WandaVision. And by we, I mean Brandon and Francesco. Uh, Brandon has been with uh, me since the first episode and since the first review. And Francesco um, kind of just like slid his way into our DMs. And then he came on the show. Yeah, I, I don't know how we got here in the first place. Well, Daniel was like, hey, you guys know, you Fran, you know about Marvel. You like Marvel, right? And I was like, yeah, I do. He's like, want to be on my podcast? I'm like, yeah, why the fuck not? I'll do it. That's not how I remembered it. Here's how I remembered it, dude. I remember you. How do you remember it? It was Halloween, okay? And you were dressed up as Britain, and I was dressed up as the 171 <laughs> um, United Nations. <laughs> this is completely just, not true. <laughs> you just invaded me. Uh, with, without, I was arrested. With, with consent. I was, consent. I was the rest of the countries I never got invaded on. I don't know. That was, the, that was the best Halloween ever. Anyways, anyway uh, though, uh, <laughs> let's meet our co-host, uh, Francesco. How are you doing today, my good sir? I'm doing great, Danilo. I'm, uh, it's been a pretty good weekend, pretty good week. You know, I have to say thank you for letting me be on your podcast. It's been a great couple weeks. You know, I've really enjoyed WandaVision. I've, it's really given me a good Marvel kick, really, because I've been wa- rewatching all the films and everything, and. I rewatched Infinity War and I have to say it really hits different now because of WandaVision, especially with the death of Vision, the film. And I have to say, uh, pretty sad that we have to see this show, this wonderful show. And, and uh, there's a lot of good things about it. And there's also a couple of things I want to discuss too. But you know what? Other than that, doing fantastic. Yeah, man. This show gave me a will to live. Brandon, how's it going with you, my man? Jesus. I'm doing good, Danilo. Um, yeah, just kind of piggybacking off Francesco. I'd like to personally thank you for the opportunity for having me come on to your podcast to discuss this show. Uh, I rarely have the chance to talk about, you know, any Marvel projects uh, with anybody. So this podcast to me has been a really great um, opportunity for me to discuss it with other people. So thank you for that. And I'm really excited to talk about this episode. Yeah, I want to say thank you to you guys, too, because I was not even planning on talking about this um, this show until, like, around this week, like, in a separate YouTube channel, uh, YouTube video, and that was all. Like, I had no intention to cover, cover this show at all, at all. and uh, yeah, thank you guys, though, for joining, because if it was just me covering it, I wouldn't know half this shit, like, who the fuck Mephisto is, you know, China... Um, yeah, see, I can't even think of it because I'm just not well-versed in, in Marvel. And I also thank you guys for reading the comics. Because as we know, I do not read. Anyway, it's though, okay. guys. <laughs> what was that, Francesco? Oh, I was going to say, like, thank you. Like, you know, because honestly, you know, you got to give yourself a lot of credit, though, Danilo, because 
you do know a lot about the Marvel movies, like, you know, the cinematic universe. And it was just Brandon and I, we just like filled in the blanks when it came to like comic book ad- adaptions and everything. Absolutely. And yeah, it's just interesting sure. though, because the Marvel cinematic universe, it does a really good job adapting a lot of the stuff from the comics and you know, we, and we do bring a lot of good discussions, thanks to you and Brandon, so. Yeah, I think the discussions we bring are pretty cool, actually. You know, it was what, our longest episode we had was this episode. It was 51 minutes, but every yeah. other episode, we've talked two hours about, you know, a 40, 20-minute episode. So, I mean, exactly. that says something in itself. And, you know, it doesn't seem scripted. It seems like kind of it's loose, you know. But yeah. Anyway, though, guys, um, thank you for joining us. If you're still sticking around um, for these reviews, we talk about what we like about the episode, what we don't like about the episode, Easter eggs. And we did theories, but um, we're going to briefly hit on that. But our main wrap up uh, topic that we're going to talk about is this um, Matt Shockman article that came out um, today, uh, Monday, the 8th, where he's talking to Kevin Smith, I believe it is where he's going in-depth more about WandaVision and, you know, maybe some loose, um, just talking about some of the pushback he's been getting from the finale. But that'll be at the end. So if you guys want to listen to that, that's where it'll be. So for starters, let's just kick it off with uh, the summary of the episode. Uh, Francesco, you want to read us that, my good sir? Sure final thing. summary. Yeah, the sure thing. Summary. So the final summary. So in this week's episode of the series finale... Agatha attempts to take Wanda's chaos magic, but is un- but is interrupted by the Vision, who tries to kill Wanda before her conditional Vision intervenes. The two Visions fight through throughout Westview while Agatha frees the residents of Westview from Wanda's control. Pleading with Wanda, they convince her to open the barrier. She stops when Vision and the twins begin to disintegrate, but not before Hayward and Sword enter. Monica frees Pietro, who is actually actor Ralph Boner uh, from Agatha's control, and then helps the twins stop sword. Vision restores the vision's memories. Wanda places magical runes around the barrier to prevent Agatha from using her magic, and Wanda traps her as Agnes. Wanda says goodbye to Vision and the twins before collapsing the barrier and then goes into hiding. In a mid credit scene, Hayward is arrested while Monica is informed by a scroll that a friend of her mother's wants to meet. In a post cred scene, Wanda is studying the Darkhold in her astral form when she hears the twins cry for help. Thank you for that summary, Francesco. And before we get right into it, I highly encourage you guys, if you're listening on the podcast on um, Spotify, Apple, Google Play, Wherever you're getting your podcast, please hit that follow button as we do upload. We will be continuing to upload um, reviews for the MCU shows only on podcast form. Uh, I do have a YouTube channel, so YouTube content will be on the podcast form as well. So please hit that subscribe button if you do want to keep updated uh, with the content that is being put out for you guys. So now let's get into what we like about the episode. So I'm going to go first here. What I think like flew completely under the radar for like almost a whole entire season was the score. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but for me, the score was just like completely like no one gave a shit about it. Um, for me, the moment where I really felt it be it's I think it was the strongest in this episode, obviously. I think when you know, obviously, spoilers 
when she turns into a Scarlet Witch at the end, you know, after she gets her powers back from Agnes, and that theme comes in, her the WandaVision theme, like the comes in and it's like more powerful in this episode. Like I loved hearing that. Another thing I enjoyed about this episode was the directing. Um, I think the directing of this episode was pretty darn good. I think uh, it gave the director a time to shine. Like he had to play inside the boxes of, you know, how the sitcoms were filmed. And I think he did a pretty good job with it. You know, I, no discredit to him. I'm not saying those were poorly directed, but it was cool to see how he directed action again. And, you know, how he directed this type of MCU storytelling. Cause this was the closest thing we've seen to like, um, MCU style uh, storytelling this episode and then also um yeah so I'm just gonna do the production stuff Brandon has um other things that he wants to talk about so I'm gonna hand it off to and Francesco has other things uh he wants to start off with but for me it was the production side of it I love the score and I love the directing and one more thing I did enjoy the writing I know there's going to be some pushback from my co-hosts here (laughs) but I did really (laughs) enjoy the writing I thought it you know, my favorite Star Wars one was Last Jedi, so I know people are instantly going to turn this off when they hear that. But the reason I liked it was because it did subvert expectations in a good way, and I think this episode did that as well in a positive way. Um, so that was for me from the production standpoint. Um, Francesco, what did you like about this episode, my good sir? You s- Thank you. Uh, you know, I have to say there was a lot of fantastic aspects with this episode, particularly with I, I did enjoy the writing I really really did and I'll discuss like what I didn't like but I will say like the writing I really enjoyed specifically the battle between vision versus vision and I love how it was a battle of philosophy what is good and what is bad what is right what is wrong because it really highlights who truly true uh, who vision truly is I mean, despite their them being in different forms, however, they are, you know, because Vision is a peaceful sentient, but or and he uh, loses, you know, he that you know he chooses logic over violence and he fights for the good overall, despite you know being programmed to to destroy the other Vision. So the White Vision destroys the other Vision, and I really enjoyed that because. Yes, we did get like a good violent battle with uh, between the two visions. However, then it turns into a battle of wits, which I really enjoy, and it really highlights the, the fantastic writing that uh, that WandaVision, you know, utilizes. And it also, I love how, you know, because now that we're at the finale, I love how this show stands by itself like a standalone novel, yet it's open for a sequel. I I I I can 100% relate to this because I'm 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 a novelist myself. I write my own books, and I refuse to have like a sequel series to like a book that I'm writing because the story is so good. It ends. It ends in a. I think the story ends in a very good note because it's a closed story. It's a it's a closed story, and that's what I absolutely love about it because. It was very brave because it was very brave on the the writers part uh, on the writers and the director Shockman everybody on the crew because there was no fan service. I really like that. I really really like that because they made it their own story. They did not depend on 
the fans, you know, they didn't listen to Reddit, you know, they didn't pull a fucking Star Wars, Star is Wars. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Going I was off yours. Um, sorry, going off yours real quick. I did yeah. like how you said how it like started and how it ended. Like, if you just want to watch Wandavision, you can watch Wandavision. You don't have to know anything about Marvel, really. Not and really. I, you know, like you don't have to know anything prior. Like, if you haven't seen Infinity War and Endgame, you know, um. You know, you're sucking a bag of dicks, basically. Yeah. Because it's it's two of the highest, most grossing movies. But I did like, you know, yes, you could like finish WandaVision and be like, okay, wow, that's it. You know, that's that's nice. She's living out somewhere in Alaska. She's having a good time. That's nice. Um, And yes, like there is some openness to a sequel, obviously. But, you know, if you just wanted to watch WandaVision, you could just watch WandaVision. Yeah, and, and I love the story, too, because it shows like her journey from depression to like like from coping and we just see like a huge emotional journey of wanda and elizabeth olsen i i you know we've been praising elizabeth olsen consistently throughout this whole entire series and i have to say i think she's one of the greatest actresses on television by far at the moment because like she's a i think she's just a very I think she's a powerful actress because she understands what pain is like because she herself, Elizabeth Olsen actually suffers from social anxiety. She understands she suffers from depression as well. She understands mental health because she's, or she herself understands it herself. And plus she reads the comics too. She's a comic book fan as well. Yeah. That's cool to me. It is. She like knew the house of M from like an interview, like, years before like she yeah i remember seeing like, that and it's just interesting because she understands if you understand because i'm an actor as well i was i was in acting for a good number of years if you understand the character really well and you're not just following the script that changes your performance completely yeah, absolutely sure completely does. you she studied this role she really embraced this role she and she made it her own as well she didn't look for because i mean i know we don't get like a lot of scarlet witches on, unless you were like watching like the x-men like fox like cartoon shows which is really good yeah. but she I have really a question for you, both of you guys about that i'm sorry i have a question for both of you guys yeah is dark phoenix like a ripoff of scarlet witch or is scarlet witch a ripoff of dark phoenix or are they like two separate characters they're two separate characters yeah two, they're two separate characters two separate characters oh okay, and- that, okay i actually um for our listeners out there i've only seen one x-men movie and it was dark phoenix that movie was <laughs> actually unfortunate that, i love that it. movie that movie was sick i'll do you even one better than your life and seen a single x-men movie see i watched what? all really? of them yeah, I want I sorry, I at least know like, you know, you know the plot lines and, you know, the little things about it. Yeah, I know nothing. All I know is Magneto. That's about it. Like, See? Cuz I, I liked Magneto. Yeah, so I really enjoyed that there was no fan service because they really made the story its own and plus it was like a closed it was a closed book, the like the se- uh, series finale. I really enjoyed it. You know, it's just um and it just really helps too, like because I feel like I agree with you with the score because the score really like like yes we have beautiful drawings but yet the score was the paint that really 
it sealed the deal. It it really sealed the deal. It It really did. You know, it's it's so funny because the I've been meaning to talk about the music, but yet I the the score and like throughout the series, yet I keep forgetting. I think I mentioned it once in one past episode, but it's just like the theme songs. I miss those theme songs. By the way, I really they were great. They were were great. Agatha all along though that was the best one. (laughs) Is it? I don't know. I wonder if it's still in the top ten. I think it is. It must it, be. Yeah, it I, must added be. It to, I, I added it, it to my Spotify <laughs> playlist. <laughs> All right. Going but, back um, to... Uh... Yeah, I enjoyed everything, though, on this. Uh, I, I enjoy, There are some things I didn't like, but I'll discuss that a little bit later. But overall, I think this was a, a pretty pretty nifty uh, season Episode finale. Conclusion. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, good conclusion. I think it's a good conclusion. And going back to uh, the score and directing... Um, I noticed the score when, you know, Wanda obviously turned into the Scarlet Witch. Um, Brandon enjoyed that as well. So, Brandon, uh, I take it that was your favorite part of the episode? Yeah, so kind of piggybacking off of you guys, I agree that the last couple episodes to me was where I really picked up the score uh, through my viewings. Okay. And it, it really carried over into this episode as well. It was like, Going into, um, you know, like you said, with the fight scenes and then when we get that emotional goodbye and where everybody, where Wanda, Vision and the kids are in the house for the final time. Uh, yeah, the, the score to this show is the glue that pieces everything together, that, make, that makes everything stick together. And I, I appreciate that. And um, that, that emotional goodbye scene is just as i just said emotional as hell like oh for sure this this episode was such a satisfying end to wanda's arc and the story of her grief throughout this uh whole entire show like and like you guys were saying as well like i was i was on the mephisto train since day one okay like even danilo can testify to this like i've been I've been saying Mephisto since the beginning. Yeah, and you dropped that in episode one, and I was like, who the fuck is Mephisto? <laughs> you were exactly right. And so every single every single week, I always had some sort of theory, or I'd always mention that, you know, these hints, it's got to be Mephisto. It's got to be Mephisto. The mailman's Mephisto. Agatha's Mephisto. Hell, even Jimmy Rue could have been Mephisto. I even brought that <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, we did theory. have that. We did have that theory. I, um, but I, like you guys were saying, I'm actually kind of glad that they told that the story was focused on Wanda's grief instead of fitting in Mephisto, because looking back on it, Mephisto wasn't really needed in this show to be, no, uh, to be honest with you. Yeah. Not at I all. mean, what, would it like to, would it have been cool to see Mephisto? Sure. It would have obviously been cool, but that's not what the story was about. And I felt like if Mephisto was appeared in this last episode, it would have taken away from that emotional arc that Wanda was, you know, you know, her accepting grief. Yeah. Her in dream. this episode. Yeah. Because yeah. this whole show was about her in the her five stages of grief. And then uh, just having it all come together was so beautifully done. And even the introduction to, you know, her being finally becoming the Scarlet Witch costume the build up to it all amazing to me what yeah great job by uh everybody involved for that yeah we were watching on the watch party together uh brandon and i um 
and I, I'll, I'll never, I was like screaming, like my microphone was off, obviously, because like, you know, I wasn't trying to like interrupt. Respectful. Yeah, respectful. You know, I, I am an ally to the moviegoers. But anyway, though, <laughs> you know, like she, like the score kicks in and like everything starts to be going red. And I'm like, oh shit. Oh shit. I also Dude, like no. too that they teased it like in a, earlier on in the episode when they, when they trans, uh, when they traveled back to uh, Salem. That was a nice tease too. Oh, to yeah. That eventual, yeah. you know, build up. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty clever as well. You know, real quick, real quick Easter egg. Uh, you know, I know I'm jumping ahead here, but they even teased it in episode eight when uh, that Scarlet Witch shadow showed when she was looking at the Mind Stone. Sure did. Because sure did. I saw people on Instagram like just, you know, jump. Um, what is that? Highlights. They were bumping up the highlights and like Photoshop and shit. And like you could clearly see like, yeah, that's Elizabeth Olsen. Who's who's uh, whose figure that is. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um. Yeah, so you know, we all had we all had things we loved about this episode. I think, for me, I, I just loved it from start to finish. I I didn't find any problems with it, in my opinion. Um, actually, no, just kidding. I did find like three problems, but they're like nitpicks. Obviously, you know, just so I can put something in this fucking document and be honest, so people don't think I'm collecting my Disney check. Um, so now we're gonna go on to what we didn't like about the episode. I'm actually gonna pass. And I, and because I think this is where a lot of discussion is going to happen, and I'm going to give it to Fran- Francesco first, okay. Then Brandon, and then I'll talk about what I didn't like. <laughs> That's fair. So and then uh, uh real quick, and then we'll rate yeah. the episode out of five, obviously. Yeah, of course. So it's kind of funny because I have a love hate for this episode. I really Bruh. do. Bruh. I know, but. There was a lot of things I loved about this episode. I thought it was a really solid episode, but at the same time, I thought they could have done a little bit more. For example, I really thought they could have. Um, I, I well, I really think Agatha was a really. I thought Agatha was a fantastic villain. I really do. I really thought she was. Strong. I really liked her. I really, I really liked her I a lot. Her. Elizabeth, uh, Catherine Hahn, you're a phenomenal. Great, 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 great job with that. And I it's so her. funny because we see her in like a ton of shit, like Parks and Rec. She's and, great uh, I love her. Oh, she's fantastic. Parks yeah, and Rec. my favorite. Oh, yeah. And like she's like in a ton of, and she's also in like Walter Mitty. Like that's a really small role, but I just remember that off the top of my head. But the thing is, though, at the same time, I understand it's good that they did not depend on fan service and turn into like fucking Star Wars, you know, widening our assholes and getting railed by the fans and stuff like that but i liked how they uh, hold, held their own <laughs> i know it's a graphic image but bear with me but i like how they held their own because it, i think that's like it shows like you know creative integrity and i really enjoy that yeah I however like at the too. same time we've been hinting and reaching so far into the fucking stratosphere when it comes to mephisto and let me tell you, I was really disappointed that we did not get Mephisto. At the, but at the same time, I'm really? happy we didn't get Mephisto because we were because because Brandon and I were, we love the comics. We really do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, we're passionate about that kind of stuff, and we love the little itty bitty details of the comic book series. Yes, are incorporated within the adaption of like the live action. Okay, live at uh, live action adaption. There we go, and. 
I was just disappointed because I really wanted to see Mephisto because we had like literally so many theories and so many credible facts and sources. So much, so, so many, so many credible sources. But they're theories. And the theories too. Here's the thing. Our theories were accurate episode per episode. Like we were like, we definitely were going to get like a Monica versus, you know, um, Wanda fight. I mean, we kind of did it, but we kind of did it at the same time. Yeah, dude. Um, we threw just, we threw like, okay. We threw a handful of darts at, you know, um, the dartboard. Yes, we did. Something's bound to fucking stick. Yeah. And, and the amount of things that actually did stick when we were talking about this is pretty incredible, actually. That is surprising to me, looking back on it, of how many things were actually true. Yeah. And, and that's the one thing that we did. It, well, we're, we're really smart. We're smart kids, you know. It's just... Oakland it, University. It, hell yeah, you know. <laughs> and we're, we're really observant because we know our details and we, we know what good film is. We know good writing is. We can recognize what good writing is collectively, yeah. all three of us. Yeah, and we can understand what bad writing is. Exactly. And Wonder I think Woman it was, 84. I, it, it, <laughs> Jack and Jill. Dude, stop. Stop, man. Jack and Jill isn't <laughs> bad, bro. Duncachino is an Dude, icon that you will got, ever live on you gotta get over that man it, Dude, it's not good it's like dunk dunk dunkachino <laughs> i'm sorry any any movie forced Al Pacino to dance is a no for me they didn't force him to dance dude they just paid him to dance there's a big difference but um anyways though <laughs> you know who forced themselves on the other things Britain <laughs> with 171 colonies or United Nations, whatever, whatever. What the fuck? <laughs> but anyways, though, I th- I'm disappointed, but at the same, I have like very mixed feelings about this finale because at the f- same time, I'm happy they didn't put Mephisto, but at the same, t- but also I'm disappointed because this really would have opened up a new realm of villains. For, and I also would have wanted Wanda to be the villain. Though I understand this is a story of grief and overcoming it. I think that's a phenomenal story because I'm, you know, because we've all dealt with grief in our lives. It's because it brings a more humanistic feel towards superheroes because we always get the glorified Superman that, you know, that's able to conquer everything. And, but with Wanda though, she deals with one of the most human things human beings could ever deal with. And it's grief and sadness and loss. And we're able to finally under completely understand. We finally have a more relatable character, the most relatable character within the MCU, you know, be yeah, like written, you know? Yeah. And it's I really, I, but however, though, I would have loved for her to be the villain and have like the house of M that would have been like you know phase four that would be a good transition she is the villain still because she's learning from the dark hold and she's you know she's we could see her at the end of the movie with her astral form uh like kind of like dr strange which i predicted correctly though so it kind of confirms that the witches were kind of like sorcerers like uh from uh of the mystic arts you know kind of like a la like source uh dr strange and it's just like all female which is really cool and I, I'm I would I'm 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 excited though I'm I, I will say on a happy note that I'm really excited for Wanda though in the yeah. future especially when we're gonna yeah. see uh Doctor the new Doctor Strange movie I think that's gonna be really good a good continuation a good lead off into the next uh to Wanda's story and how she's uh making it's her way Spider-Man. through the yeah 
Spider. Yeah. It sounds like Spider Man's gonna be the one that's gonna pick up the WandaVision storyline. I mean, obviously, they're all all these shows and movies are connected. Right. Uh, no one knows what the fuck's happening with Black Widow. Maybe we're just never gonna see that. Yeah. probably never gonna see it yeah. at this point. It's unfortunate so, though, but you yeah, because Florence P is just absolutely uh you know a baddie. Yeah. But uh, you know, I I kind of thought he did say Spider Man like we'll continue that wandavision storyline i don't know yes. how though based on like the ending of yeah this, based up based on the ending i question that like i what? i totally yeah. agree with you but Wanda's still the villain man remember i was saying like yeah asari ain't just gonna cut it after she took hostage a fucking town and that's right took a hostage of sword agents like asari ain't gonna be like yeah sorry guys my bad uh, i was you know i was just dealing with grief uh thanks yeah, for no. giving me she's still i think she's not more of a villain i think she's more of like an anti-hero in my i opinion. think anti-hero listen to the score when she's reading the dark hold that's dark and that's ominous did you guys catch it like it's it's dark like it's not a it sounds like the, it sounds like dr strange almost oh it really? Okay. i haven't seen that movie it's very guys, similar i should probably watch that before uh we continue on which Maybe makes watch sense it this which makes sense because um Michael Giacchino, yeah, he did the score for the Marvel intro, at least the one that we always see up here in the beginning. Yeah, and yeah. then he also did the for, I think, the Spider-Man movies as well as and Doctor, Doctor Strange. Now, now that's interesting you say that because he did Rogue One, uh, that Star Wars story. He blended the old Star Wars themes perfectly with like his original like. Uh, composer composed uh, music for Rogue One. So now that you say that music at the end kind of reminds you of Doctor Strange, I'm wondering if like some notes are used from like a Doctor Strange uh, song or something like that, or like a tune, because that does it, sound interesting. They do like they do like that's one thing that's amazing about composers is that they do a lot of callbacks to like you know the sequel or to the pre yeah, you know yeah. to the like the one previous like one film previously or whatever. And you can tell a lot of there's like a lot of influence from like there's definitely alluding because I'm glad you picked that up because I was going to mention that Brandon that they were going to allude they were hinting that there's going to be a connection to Doctor Strange like through the music and that's what I love about music is that it really connects you know like what's going to be coming up you know you know to continue on what I don't like though another thing I don't like is that there's not enough Monica. I really feel like they pulled another because I feel like any character related to Captain Marvel always gets like put aside, you know, because they they really built Monica up to be a important character within the, the TV series. However, she just turned really unimportant, just like Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel was built up. She had her own fucking movie. She was built up to be really important. And then all of a sudden in Endgame, she just happens to save Tony Stark, you know, yeah, and yeah. And but just, she was yeah. important though. She saved the kids. She did save the kids, but or, they I guess have, she quote, could have been saved the yeah, kids. I, I think themselves. I guess what he's saying is there could have been more to Monica her presence. Yeah, I, but this yeah. wasn't Monica's story. This was like, yeah, we get a little story, taste of the yeah. origin story, so we get a little bit of okay, you got your powers. You know what we fucking do there, Monica. You know now we're gonna, we're still giving the mantle though, the Wanda at the end of this. You know the series. I don't know how more Monica could have been involved in a natural and organic way. That's true. You know, maybe she fights a sword agent, I guess, to get to where she is, but she has super speed, doesn't she? Or something? Who? Monica. 
Does she have super speed? She, she had like, no. She has like cosmic powers. I I guess I would say it's like similar powers to. Yeah. Uh, to I mean, if you notice in one shot, she's looking at a bullet like passing by. So it assumed to me that she had super speed, or at least has so, that. Yeah. Or she like, could like uh, absorb capability. Yes, like yeah, but. I push back to that one, and you guys know I wasn't the biggest fan of Monica. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I don't know. I really thought like, because you know you're building up all these powers. I, I'm she might appear in other films and movies, which I really do hope. So I don't know about you, Daniel, but I really hope oh, that. Yeah, I. That's what I wanted with Rose Tico from the Last Jedi, dude. I didn't like Rose in the Last Jedi. You know, I like I didn't dog on her. I, I wasn't buying twelve action figures and burning them like that one guy on YouTube. But Jeez. you know. I like I didn't care for the character, but I'm like, I want to see what the Rise of Skywalker does. Like maybe they can redeem the character for me. Like I would be like not redeem the character, but maybe they'll, you know, do something with her where I'm gonna be like, oh, okay, I like her now. I'm so Brandon, pissed that they you didn't though. Yeah, but... yeah, me too. Because yeah, fuck Star Wars. Brandon, what do you think of uh, not enough Monica? You agree with that? Or Yeah, I mean, I'd have to side with Francesco a little bit here. Like I would have liked to seen, you know a couple more scenes with Monica just to showcase her powers just a little bit more. Because okay. I felt like she got tossed on the uh, back burner a little bit in this she episode. Did. Like, even with Darcy, too, she only got one scene in this entire episode. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I agree. And I'll agree with that. That was fucking weird. That was, that, yeah, that was so weird because, I mean, I mean, that was it pretty much was she stopped Hayward from escaping. And I mean, that was it. Like we didn't even see her, you know, get a proper send off in in this episode. Not even in the mid credits scene, at least. Yeah. So I thought that was disappointing a little bit. Okay, boys, get your popcorn ready because oh, I got some stuff Jesus to get off my chest, dude. Jesus. So. So yes, let me let me say this first off. Like I said earlier, I had I didn't have a problem with. Uh, the show creators not adding Mephisto or, uh, you know, all the big fan theories that we were hoping for. Like, I didn't, I didn't mind that, you know, going into this finale. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was a little bit upset that we didn't get more from the multiverse, but this, I mean, that's clearly not what the story was, you know, intended to, you know, have yeah. in its conclusion. Yeah. Um, however... I will have to disagree with you guys. I did not really like the writing as much as you guys say you did. Whoa. Because I felt like it left a lot of things open-ended to me. Like, I feel like we didn't get a lot of proper send-offs the way we were kind of all hoping like that would. would, Can you give uh, us an example? I would love to. I think he has some lined up for us, actually. I was going to say. So, okay, let's get this out of the way. Uh, Let's let's talk about Evan Peters' character for a second. Thank you. Because that Owner! was that was probably the most controversial th- thing to take away from this episode over the weekend was how you know Evan Peters' eventual uh, character was set up in this episode because we eventually find out that Evan Peters is none other than Ralph. Ralph Ooh. Boner. 
I think it's really fucking stupid. It is. <laughs> it's so yeah. But it's supposed to be stupid. It's supposed know, to be but stupid. Now, like, now, so they really cucked the fa- the fans. They, they really did. They podcast, man, because that's oh, retarded. Well, well okay. <laughs> Here's my thoughts on the situation. Uh, please elaborate, Brandon. I agree with you 100%. Keep going, my man. Do I like how... You know, who we find out who Evan Peters is. Like, the way we eventually get to that. No, I don't. I thought it was almost... It was Iron Man 3 level writing bad to me. Mm, I like wow. Three, okay. But okay, okay. Continue, continue. Just because we've had the same story before where a character gets built up like this big threat and we get, or at least like a big deal, but then we get the payoff and it's... It's just some but, dweeb. But how was he a big deal, though? But because it was the actor Evan Peters that made it a big deal. See, see, see. I don't that have has a nothing with to that. do like, with writing, though. If it's see, Evan Peters, that has nothing to do with writing. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. My thing. Okay, I don't have a problem with them not using Evan Peters as the X Men Quicksilver. It's I more really like don't. a casting issue, really, and how they like they used him just to get people to get watched the next episodes yeah 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 i'll i'll get more into that in a little bit yeah but, yeah, yeah go ahead uh, yeah right yeah like like i just said i didn't care if he was actually going to play the quicksilver from the x-men universe i thought maybe it was another character as important as like an like agatha's role is because i figured okay maybe he's agatha's son or Maybe he's like working with Agatha all along. No pun intended. Um, but mm-hmm. I mean, nice. I mean, it's just it basically gets revealed that Agatha manipulated, or he at least mind manipulated him. Like this, you know, which she said though in episode seven, uh, no eight. She said she's only his eyes and ears. Yeah, I mean, I I understand that, but I felt like there could have been more to his character like see i would have liked it better if he was actually working with agatha because it would have played more into uh, them mocking wanda's grief i felt like that would have been more satisfying or at least better built up to when we eventually get the reveal of scarlet witch instead of the way you know it eventually came to be so like so yeah like i was saying like it could have been a nick scratch or it could have been like, you know, um, what, well, let me, let me backtrack a little bit. I actually find it clever that uh, Ralph is an aspiring actor. And I thought that was pretty clever of how, you know, Agatha used him in order to like play with Wanda's grief. Because, because he's, uh, he's playing a role essentially. So I thought that was pretty, I, that was clever in itself. Yeah, yeah. But what I, I would have liked to seen is he's actually, you know, he was with Agatha this entire time as like a minion or some sort. And they just play up the fact of how they were mocking Wanda this whole time, saying like, oh, like it sucks. Or um, or like, look at her, like, you know, being all sad for her dead brother or something like that. Like, I thought that would have been clever storytelling, to, like when we eventually get you know, the, the the costume and, you know, Wanda's payoff in the end. So, and 
I don't want to say it's uh, it's as big as like a slap in the face, but it really is disappointing to like when we eventually, you know, get that reveal to me. I just want to say something. Um, I actually have a Go question ahead. for you guys because yeah. I, don't, I don't follow the MCU and I know you guys do. But first, the Mandarin is coming back in more Marvel properties. I think. Really? Yes, he's, he is. He's, he's, gonna play, he's, he's coming back. Yeah. He's going to be the villain of Shang-Chi. That's yeah. confirmed. So we will see him again, like the actual Mandarin, probably not some fake thing. So yeah. I also think I don't think they're just. There's no way in hell Kevin Foggy. Uh, well, I, maybe he did, but. I don't think they're going to cast Evan Peters as Quicksilver just for a Ralph Boner joke. Mm-hmm. There is, I think there's a bigger plan. And knowing Kevin yeah. I, I believe that. But quick question for both of you guys. Yeah, sure. Is there a reason why the original Quicksilver, I forget his name. The, that Aaron act, Taylor Johnson? Yeah. Did he do something where he's like, you know, like he does, like, did he say he hated working on Age of Ultron? Did he not want to come back to Marvel? Like, not to, not to my knowledge. Okay. I think it's just more of a meta thing to me. Yeah. And it's well, just, I, you know. I just didn't know if there was a reason, like, you know, that was maybe swept under the rugs. Like, oh, this no, because is why they Aaron w- Taylor Johnson didn't come back as Well, Christopher. if that was the case, then they wouldn't have featured him in those flashback moments in WandaVision. Exactly. Well, they they, they could have the just mentioned that. it. They own the rights to that. They can do what they want at that point. I mean, they, they own. Him. Well, actually, they do, own, they do own the rights to those scenes. However, they do need to credit. The, the actor still because it's still showing his face it's part of their right. contract that right. they yeah. still, that, that whatever properties that they use showing their face or any uh, any part of the you know the actor then they do need to give credit to so there was nothing wrong with you know uh the original actor that played uh quicksilver and yeah. Yeah, yeah okay but, i just didn't know if there was maybe a yeah. reason why he didn't come back so okay so there was one brand you didn't like you didn't like ralph boner is there another one Yes. To me, I actually did not like how Dottie was built up as well. Because they... Now see, that's where I'll have the biggest pushback for you. I me understand too. Ralph me Boner. Too. I understand Ralph Boner. I understand why everyone doesn't like Ralph Boner. It was a stupid meta joke, and and it went really sour, yeah. in my opinion. But okay, keep going with Dottie before, before Francesco yeah. and I obliterate your argument. Just like okay. Bucky. In my opinion... I think how they, you know, went about Dottie could have been handled a lot better to me because I think they could have played that red herring card just a little bit more with her character to me because in episode two, it just seemed like to me that they were at least like making her at least like, you know, the not the main villain, but like, you know, like, a, like I said, a red herring too. you know, when we eventually get, you know, Agatha's reveal. I thought they could have played around with that idea just a bit more. And then, you know, you know, it gets revealed like, you know, it wasn't really her this entire time. And it was actually Agatha. So, I mean, they could have just done more with her character, in my opinion. That's all. So you wanted more of Dottie. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I didn't want her to. I mean, I didn't. If it eventually like turned out to be like, you know, not as important. I mean, that that's fine to me. But like it could have. They could have played with her character a little bit more because we only see her for a brief after episode two and episode three, and then we don't see her again until episode seven. Yeah. So that begs the question that they were at least they were teasing something with Dottie, and then we get that we get that quick moment with her and uh, Wanda in episode nine where she says, "Like, can you 
like give me a story or can you give a storyline to my daughter or something like she wants yeah, to come yeah. out like i i actually like that scene to be honest with you see but that it, scene makes when she when everyone does say for the children we we all had that theory that uh brandon and i francesco i didn't think joined us yet but we had that theory that for the children like that it deals with Wanda's children. It deals with something with children where we're trying to get Wanda's powers. I remember we talked about that. Exactly. Now that scene yeah. has a totally different meaning for me of, oh shit, maybe these people want to, maybe these people have kids, all of them do, or some of them, and they're only playing along with Wanda because they're doing it literally for the children. So they're in fear of Wanda. And then it, that theory then gets confirmed uh in this episode where we see all the uh townspeople i guess i wouldn't say parents but some of the townspeople and parents i guess because daddy is a parent they were like you know we have your nightmares wanda you know we we're tired you know like that scene shows that maybe they are maybe they were just playing along there and for the children literally meant we're gonna just keep on playing you know wandavision episodes uh, characters so our children are safe because we don't know what this Avenger is doing to them. We don't know where they are, we, where our kids are. So that scene now has a totally different meaning to me, which I think is beautiful than what our original theories were. See, see, I hearing you say that, I, I understand. But like I said, I felt like they could have played around with the character, you know, his motives at least a little bit more. Like she could have like, you know got a little bit more involved with the kids or something like that until you know like I had this scenario in my head where like you know for like the next two episodes or something like that like until like we get to that 80s episode like you know it could have been Dottie being that like at least that titular villain uh you know for a couple episodes just you know like oh maybe like they're teasing her to be the villain or at least something like that so she gets a little closer to the kids and then, like, Agatha, you know, like, you know, pretends to, like, help Wanda, but then she leads her to, you know, the basement, and then we get that, you know, great scene with Agatha along. So I felt like, like, there could have been more to Dottie, and then, you know, keep that scene in episode nine, to me. Okay. Uh, I'm, that, that's just my opinion. Yeah, it's like an agree-to-disagree thing, I guess. Because, see, I did think Dottie was important. Uh, You know, obviously, we talked about her for, what, six out of the nine fucking episodes that we had. Yeah. Um, you know, about how we thought Dottie was a witch, maybe, or she was, you know, As, a bigger role than just especially the way they, they used her. They used her in the scenes she was involved in. There just could have been more to her. Yeah. And see, I, I think I, okay, this is where I'm gonna have this is where I'm gonna get into what I, not what I didn't like about the episode. I'll hold that, but I have a question for you guys. Do you think because you know too much inside baseball or of Marvel, you don't enjoy the season finale as much as like someone like me who doesn't know that inside baseball? Yes. Like here are some examples. I... Dottie, the fly, the bunny. Uh, you know, I don't know any of that shit. I, I don't know who the fuck Senor Scratchy is. He tra- I didn't know Mephisto. I didn't know who the hell Mephisto was. Mephisto even, you know. I don't know, like, yes, the multiverse. I didn't know Wanda in one of her comics literally opened up the multiverse. You know, I didn't know anything about mutants. So do you guys think because you know too much inside baseball about Marvel, the finale fell flat for you guys? I think so, because I feel like like the saying ignorance is bliss. 
And I feel like that if we didn't know who, I mean, if you're nasty, you know who Mephisto is, you know, and, but if you don't, it, like from uh, the Ghost Rider, it's like a horrible, 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 oh, horrible with, movie. Uh, Nicholas Cage. National Treasure Hunt guy. Yeah. 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 That yeah. Was a, <laughs> what? That wasn't a National Treasure cool guy. That was a pretty cool movie, man. What are you talking yeah. about? Eh, it wasn't, a f- right, it's, it's not my favorite, yeah, but okay. anyways, but. <laughs> anyways but um yeah i i agree with you because i feel like i didn't if i didn't know who the hell mephisto was and i just was just there for the ride i wasn't in it for like looking for details conspiracy theories you know all those kind of things it's just i just wanted a i just wanted a well-told story that's all i wanted and i think we got that throughout nine episodes i I think think we we did See, if you were to take away was... the comic, if you were to take away the comic aspect of it, then it would have been a, a fantastic show. It is a sure. fantastic show. Don't get me wrong. It's just like the series fell flat because of the comic book and because uh, of the comic book knowledge between yeah. Brandon and I. I thought mm-hmm. this series was gonna fall flat because they stopped doing sitcoms. Never in a million years, I think this uh, series finale would fall flat because they just didn't fulfill fan theories. You know, I know that's the. Um, what is it? Stigma about Star Wars. Like, if you're not fulfilling our fan theories, you know, Disney and Lucasfilm are just gonna come and blow you uh in the next movie and Mandalorian season two, so you can just have all the fan service you want. Like, I never got that stigma from Marvel where you know, like everyone had Avengers Endgame and Avengers everyone had Avengers Endgame theories. I, I don't know how many of those were came true, but I imagine not every single one did. And I actually, so, really, I wanted Ant Man to go up Thanos' butt and uh, become giant. Yeah, man. I actually wanted that too. But uh, <laughs> um, you remember that? I do remember that. But like, I didn't see pushback to that episode. I mean, to that uh, movie at all. Like, their fan theories didn't come true. Their fan theories didn't come true. You know, like big fucking whoop. Um, but yeah, um, Francesco, what else didn't you like about this episode, man? Because I know, uh, you know, I mean, we more complaints. Yeah, of course. I mean. I I like I we already like discussed um the false Pietro. I really I thought that was like really shitty because like it's just basically just egging on like cuz it's like a very meta thing and I thought it's clever. No. No, cast. wait, wait. Can can I, can I say something real quick? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Cuz this is something that I actually wanted to bring up too. Yeah, okay. Um I'm going to try the score try Try to, to at least find a reason why they chose Evan Peters of all people. Like I'm going to, I'm gonna make a case for why he was in that role. I can tell you why. I can tell you why too. Well, let me go first. No, that's not my. That's not my reason why. Oh, okay. Why, okay. But... Continue. Yeah. Go ahead, Brandon. Well, yeah. Well, let me let me just say. WandaVision was not originally meant to be the first project to kick off the next phase. Agree? Yes, that is correct, according to my very limited MCU knowledge. Okay. So my assumption is, with titles like Black Widow, which may or may not ever get released, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and Eternals. Those are the three big projects that were supposed to like kick off the next phase of the MCU. Yes. So my so my assumption is either one of those either one of those projects 
has to deal with, or at least mentions some multiverse in a way where like, like maybe like Eternals or something like brings up the fact that like, you know, the multiverse is a thing or something like that. So what I'm thinking is like the writers were trying to like write, you know, in the middle of that. And so they chose Evan Peters just to kind of get people hyped for it. That's my assumption. I don't know what the regular MC release schedule was. I don't it was think- originally supposed to be, I think it was Black Widow first and then Falcon and Winter Soldier. And then Eternals and then WandaVision? Or WandaVision? Eternals was supposed to come out uh, last November. Okay, so WandaVision was, but WandaVision was supposed to come out last, around last November too, right? Before or after? I that don't know. Bef- that, w- that was, bef- um, that was, I think, before like it got um, rescheduled. Yeah, so Black Widow probably won't mention anything about the multiverse. Probably not. So my assumption Falcon and Winter either, Soldier probably won't mention anything about probably the probably, but there might be a little bit more expectation than okay. say Black Widow. But my like, assumption is probably the Eternals, which is from what I'm hearing, is getting a lot of hype in in the last few weeks. Yes, it has I, been. I, I agree with you. Um. So what I'm thinking is. Because the Eternals like kick off, you know, that origin of like, you know, how the Marvel Universe came to be. They're going to bring up the fact that there's some kind of like different realities in the universe. And so WandaVision probably took note of that because they because they probably want a little bit of continuity in the in the storytelling, at least. So because Evan Peters, I heard, was, you know, scheduled to be in the show. There was no plan B to have anyone else other than Evan Peters in that specific role. Yeah. So I, all I'm thinking is this is some sort of meta role that because Kevin Feige would, Kevin Feige approved You're of so this. pissed about PHO being, you're so pissed about Evan Peters. I, I can, you are so pissed he was in this show. I was pissed about it too. I know why he was in. And this is, this will be my one complaint for their writing about how it's lazy. Okay. Right. We're going to take a little trip down the fucking Star Wars, unfortunately. In the season two finale of Star Wars, we see Mark Hamill come in as Luke Skywalker. And the whole series was supposed to be, okay, we got to get Grogu, Baby Yoda, to a Jedi. So Luke Skywalker comes in so every 40-year-old can fucking jerk their cock off to seeing one of their favorite heroes in there. You know, big fucking whoop, blow Disney. Anyway, though, when that happened, there was no question to who that character is. The Mando didn't ask, like, are you really a Jedi? Are you, you know, who are you? You know, after we see them have a relationship for two years, he just randomly handed off his kid to a stranger. Bo-Katan didn't ask. No one asked who that character was that just chopped down 40 fucking dark troopers. They just assumed that, you know, they know who it was. No, that's the lazy writing. You can't do that. You cannot write like that because that's lazy. The only reason why they didn't ask was because we the audience know who that is. We know it. So the writing in the show doesn't have to explain who it is. Since we know who it is, they decided, you know what? They'll know who it is. Um, We're just not going to explain it. Because if you're watching this, you'll know that's Luke Skywalker. That's bad writing and that's lazy. That's that's exactly what I think they did with Evan Peters. That was fucking shit. I'm sorry. No, it it was bullshit, dude. But that's exactly what I think what they did with Evan Peters. How, like... Wanda, rec- like you said, Wanda recognized it as her brother. Yep. How, though? 
How did Wanda recognize okay. it? Okay, she let me- can't. She can't recognize it. The only thing she could make that assumption that that was her brother was because you, Brandon, I, Danilo, and Francesco all watched or all knows he's from the X-Men universe and he's okay. Quicksilver in there. That's the only reason though. And that's bad writing. On let, me, let me make a counter argument for a second. My, my thing is like Wanda, you know, I mean, this is clearly not, you know, her PHO, but because she's in her state of grief, she's willing to accept anyone who is PHO because she's, she's willing to like bargain with herself at that point. Like, okay, I'm just willing to accept that this is the PHO that I know and love from my, from but she didn't ask who it was. She didn't say she she was shocked who it was, but there was no indication he wasn't wearing his same costume. He didn't come in with bullet holes. There was no indicate indication that this Fiatro was supposed to be Pietro to Wanda. We Wanda just was like, Oh my god, you're my brother. That like there was no explanation for it. And and that that is lazy, unfortunately, and that's the biggest gripe. And I agree. I'll agree with you, man. You know, I'll agree that yes, the Ralph Boner joke didn't work out, and they did lead up to a lot of things. And it was lazy writing that they did get Evan Peters in it, and they didn't explain why he doesn't look like um the other person. Darcy I mean, they, was the only were- one who knew, which made sense. But how does Wanda not recognize her brother? And this is where I'm getting to my what I didn't like about this episode is white vision it's the exact same argument can be applied to white vision how in the world does wanda think that's her vision how in god's good earth does wanda think that's her vision like it doesn't look like vision it doesn't sound like vision her the eyes don't look the same the only reason there wasn't an explanation was because we the fans knew who it was supposed to be we knew it was just supposed to be quote-unquote I don't think it's fan service because it it like it actually naturally the story was naturally told of white vision, you know. Yeah. But there was it was like fan service, you know, like uh for you guys, uh you know, the Marvel junkies, you knew who that was, you knew it was white vision, but they didn't Wanda didn't um what do you call it? Wanda didn't once again ask who that is. Like she didn't she wasn't like vision, how'd you get this way? Just that quick line before she touched his face would have made it all the better. But, you know, that, that's a small gripe. All right. Um, enough about Fiatro. Um, what else didn't you like about the episode, Brandon? Or Francesco? Whoever. You're, you're done, Francesco, aren't you? Yeah, I'm just I'm just pissed. <laughs> the Fiatro thing got me really pissed. <laughs> just I, I can't stand lazy writing. And, like, I understand this is just, like, one slip. We're talking about the season finale, though. Like, oh, at the same time, I let it slide because they've been really good about their writing consistently throughout every single episode. See, and that's and that's the thing that bugs me about this episode, because the writing was so good up until up until this last one. And yeah. to me, it like it just didn't give a proper ending to every single one of the of these characters to me. Uh, and see, I push back that too, though, because Fiatro wasn't the main point of the show. I, 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 I understand. I, I understand that, but I felt like there could have been more. Like he could have still been that side character, and we could still, you know, those the main focus still should have been Wanda. I completely agree with you, but Evan Peters, at least that character, deserved 
a little bit more to me. But he wasn't set up to be, though. Through the writing, though, he wasn't set up to be a bigger. Through the writing, he was not supposed to be set up bigger. Yeah. And we even got revealed when Agatha sang her little Agatha Long song. We should have known by then this dude is not um, going to be anything big because we saw but- Wanda mind control him and she did say, I am only his eyes and ears. So she played to Wanda in the Halloween episode when she obviously said those lines of you can't kill your dead brother twice. You know, that that we can assume that's Agatha. We can assume everything that this VHO kid said was Agatha using the mouth to speak. Eyes, ears, and sure. mouth, I guess. Not eyes and ears. I don't... I still right. felt like there could have been more of a partnership between him and Agatha to me. But that's, that's just fan, all I'm saying. That's a fan that's theory. That's all though. I'm saying. But you say you don't mind... that You say that you you understand that your fan theories didn't come true and you're fine with that. But yet you want a fan theory for Pietro to... Exp- you want a fan theory to, for Pietro or Pietro. I just... I just... I... I, like I said, like, I didn't care if it was that big Quicksilver reveal. Like, I didn't care. Like, as long as it was a good story to be told. And I just feel like Evan Peters' role was not that great to me. It was just, it was just fell flat. I agree. I, I guess it fell flat. I don't know. I don't give a shit who, I, don't, I actually don't even give a shit about Quicksilver. It's a, a lazy joke, dick joke is what it is. I, I really, th- I agree with you because I think it played to the fan. It, it, it I think it, it really cut the fans. Like I said, though. it wants to get under your skin though. Cause it, they know, and that's where that lazy writing comes in. They know that you're going to think this is multiverse. He's going to have something bigger to do. And they led it to a boner joke that played. <laughs> it, that was your big red herring. You wanted Dottie to be your, be your big red herring. You know, fuck Dottie. They said, we're giving you Fiatro. That's going to be your big red herring. That's why people are pissed about it. Because everyone thinks Dottie should have been bigger. Or everyone thinks someone else should have been bigger. When they're not looking at what the writing's out to be, which was Fiatro's your big red herring. But, you know. But that's disrespectful, though, to the fans, in my personal opinion. Like, fans like Brandon and I, because it, it's it's completely unfair. Because we were we had such high hopes. You know, I mean, I understand this is a very small character. Mm-hmm. But we had high hopes that we would have a multiverse and that would open so many possibilities. But did they tease the multiverse in this, though? They teased did, it. See, when did they tease it, though? When did they tease the multiverse in this? If I, can, I will and it comes with the shitty writing. <laughs> it's just it's see, not I, shitty writing if they didn't set out to te- if they let, didn't set out to tease the multiverse. It's not shitty writing. It means the multiverse wasn't. Let me say this thing. <laughs> let me say this thing. I totally agree with you. They, I didn't get any real indication that there was a multiverse mention in this episode or in the show entirely but evan peters to me should have still felt at least like a big deal in in any minor way whatsoever like maybe like his like him and monica could have had like a little bit more battle to one another or something like that instead of what we got from them like you know what i'm saying like there should have been more partnership i didn't care for the character to begin with I knew that character was just there for Wanda's grieving for that main episode, which was what? The 80s? No, 60s? Yeah. 60s. That, no, is that when he 80s. first appeared? Yeah, when he, like 80s. his first full 80s. episode. Yeah. When it was, you can't resurrect the dead. That's what I knew he was there for. It was, you cannot resurrect the dead. So yes. that's what he was there for. And he finished that. He finished his little arc in in those two episodes and so when we get to the series finale the writers have to tie it up some way 
And since See, they didn't set up to do the multiverse, make him a dick joke because we know because they know they will know that the fans will think he's something bigger, which is your then your big red herring for the episode of multiverse. Uh, anything like oh he's he's Nicholas Scratch. Oh he's teaming up with Agatha somehow. Like those will be the the big red herring things when it's just about Wanda and Agnes. I will agree though with Francesco. I don't think I said I agreed. I didn't want to see Agnes die. I said that in the last. Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't want to either. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. Enough about VHO. Um. We we just talked about VHO okay. for like okay. thirty okay. minutes. Um. We all okay. I okay. We all agree that we didn't like the boner joke. We just had different. We just had you either really hated it, kind of hated it, or you didn't really. You know, you just took it as it is. Um. Brandon really hated it. Francesco, I think, kind of hated it. And yeah, I, I just took it as it. okay. You hated it too. Okay. I really hated it. All right. Um, Brandon's Mephisto over here. So before he, you know, kills someone, <laughs> I got the red on. Yeah. in this episode. All right. Um, is there anything else you didn't like about the episode, Brandon? Uh, before okay. I get into my okay. real quick, getting onto a different topic. Oh shit! Here we go again. Okay. He's revving I, his engines. <laughs> I didn't really care for the fight scenes that much to me. I thought they were what? just all right at best. Really. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like the philosophy scene between, you know, the two visions. I really yeah, that enjoyed dope. that. That was dope. But I felt like Agatha and Wanda's fight scenes to me were very underwhelming to me. Now, why do you say that? Directing? <laughs> I just uh, think there just could have been more action involved, in my opinion. Oh, okay. It wasn't enough action for me. For my okay, opinion. I can see that. All right. I, I'll agree with you there. I, I, I would have liked to see... Um, Instead of Agnes absorb all the blows at the end, I would have liked her to deal some blows to Wanda as well. You know, I do um, like I do like that clever trick that Wanda pulled where she made the whole hexagon her uh, catacomb. So I thought that was pretty yeah. nice. Francesco, what do you think, man? What do you think of the action scenes? Liked them, hate them? Thought they were, you know, gay? You know what? I, re- <laughs> <laughs> you know, I really. Uh, <laughs> that's the thing. I'm mixed about the fighting scenes because really you because too, huh? because they were when they were fighting they were excellent I thought they were well choreographed you know it felt like a yeah. real movie like the uh-huh. usual Marvel action packed you know kind of fights. However, though, with this series though, it's not meant to be action packed. It's meant to be more story wise. It's meant to be more character, more dialogue story, more yeah. dialogue, yeah, story yeah. focused. Mm-hmm. And so that's the reason why I'm like more lenient towards less fighting scenes. Don't get me wrong. We're still in the superhero genre. We love to see a good fight scene, but um, I didn't think they, they really fell flat. I, because like I said, in like the things that I liked, I really did enjoy the philosophy fight, I guess, when between vision versus the vision. The ship okay. of thesis uh, dialogue is really very good to me. I thought it was yeah, fantastic. I it was and I really enjoy it. I really, because it's different fighting style if you will it's not mm-hmm. it's not anything with fists but instead it's with word it's dueling with words and i think that's the best kind of fighting in my personal opinion for vision that's the best best way to utilize fight scenes like that it is because opinion. he's a weapon of well he was built for peace and he's, he's he's meant to be a neutral character he is and that's what he does he fights neutrality with neutrality and i really i really enjoyed it you know, I, you know, when there were action scenes, I felt like there, it didn't fall flat. I actually enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a bit when there was action. I mean, if, uh, if I want, I, maybe if I wanted them longer, sure. You know, they could have been a little bit longer. 
yeah. but at the same time, I understand there's like a limited budget, but I thought the effects is were there excellent. really a limited budget for no, it's like, they literally have plus. like an empty check, yeah, <laughs> but. Um, but I thought they were good, though, in my opinion. Okay. You know, I mean, they could have been a little bit longer, but I yeah. thought because I love a good I love a long episode, especially because of a series as good as this one. Yeah, I. Uh, I like the fight scenes, um, you know, I thought they were cool. Um, they just seemed like your average Marvel fight scenes to me. And that's my last uh, nitpick. Uh, the thing that made me love this show from day one was the sitcom. You know, I've never seen it leans so hard into cross-blending genres like this. You know, like, everyone was talking about WandaVision. Everyone was loving how it was a sitcom. They were like, why is it a sitcom? Just that, like, that approach to it, it was it was just so new, so fresh. Like, I wasn't seeing superheroes fight. I was seeing just, I was seeing sitcom television throughout the decade, basically, which was the coolest thing to me. You know, Star Wars will never do that. So I'm happy Marvel did it. And they really, really leaned into it. So the nitpick that I do have is I get why it's Marvel style, but I would have loved if they still kept up with the sitcoms or the television. However, though, by being Marvel-esque, they are still keeping up with the television. But I would have loved, you know, something to make it still feel like it was a television show instead of, Marvel. I agree with you that they should have done more of a callback in this episode to like, you know, previous sitcoms. Like I would have liked yeah. the fight scenes to be like a moment where it's black and white or like in the seventies, you know, setting. I thought that would have been a complete arc to me. Yeah. That would have been, that would have been that. No, that would have been totally sick. Like to even more show that like Wanda's like a, faking out Agnes like she has the whole hex like getting fucked up you know? yeah like, maybe she's even longer to like do colors. that right yeah she's turning black and white Agnes is turning black and white like our team like, like I think I think you said even before um the podcast like you wanted a moment where like she does like that mockumentary like interview where she's like wow like Agnes is really kicking my ass here for a second I thought that would have been a little funny Oh yeah, or if they something broke, like that. If they broke the fourth wall, they broke I the think that would have been fucking hilarious. That been really clever. Like Agnes is like, man, this bitch really is the Scarlet Witch. You know, something like that. <laughs> and you see, like that would be funny to me. That would be like so interesting. And like in the middle of it, like Wanda just comes in, like in the fight continues. Like yeah, after. exactly. How what about how about you, Francesco? What do you think of that? Would you would have liked them to have more sitcom at the end or more television? I really wanted more sitcom. Yeah. I really did. I because I thought I. Don't get me wrong. I love how we went like back into the cinematics, like the usual. But I really wanted them to continue it. I really did. I wanted to like. I wanted them to figure out the story within like the still like maintaining the format of uh, the TV show while having like the outside like aspect of uh, you know Wu and Darcy and everybody. I would have loved to have like that back and forth still. So. I don't know. I, I wish we had more TV, more of the TV format. Yeah, I, I would have loved more TV format. Um, breaking news. The Vision Hot Toys just got, you guys can't see it. The Vision Hot Toys just got more promo images and he comes with the fucking chair um, that he sits on in episode No six. fucking way. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, Where That's sick. The mockumentary type, yeah. Anyway, I hope he though, has a lavalier clip too. That would be, <laughs> that'd be, that so would be a nice touch. Yeah, that'd be so sick. But uh, 
I mean, like, just one little thing I wanted to mention was, okay. uh, you know, Agatha's punishment. Uh, to me, it didn't make sense to me because the hex kind of just got destroyed and Wanda is keeping her in this, you know, noisy neighbor character. So, I mean, I get it's like setting up for her to like be in a project later on. Yeah. yeah. But like they never really revealed what happened to that character after that. Catherine Hahn said she doesn't know what her plans are for the character. Are you calling bullshit? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm calling bullshit yeah. on that as well. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, I just want to like some more clarity on like what actually happened to, you know, Agatha after the yeah. hex got destroyed. That's yeah, I all. Got you. I got you. I get it. Um, all right. Now we're going to go on to what we finally rate the final episode of WandaVision. What was the title of this fucking episode? Did you say it in the beginning? The series finale. The series finale. Oh, it seriously was called just the series finale? It was literally yeah, called the series finale. Oh, okay. So what do we finale. think of the series finale of WandaVision, Francesco? What are you going to rate this one out of five? Okay. Well, the writing up to like this like last episode is phenomenal. I really enjoyed the writing throughout the series. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Lazy writing on the Fiatro. Other than that, incredible story. It's just incredible story, incredible score. Shockman, you're a genius when it comes to directing. I, I absolutely loved it. Uh, I loved I loved your work throughout the series. And so, and the writing was phenomenal. Acting, Elizabeth Olsen, and along with Paul Bettany, literally everybody in the cast, especially Randall Park. He did a fantastic job as Jimmy Woo. So I have to give this series a five out of five. What do you give this episode, though? This episode, 4.9 out of 5. Wow, okay. Wow, even with the Fiatro? Wow. Yeah, that's the only point. Other, okay. other, okay. other than that, I love, the, I love this episode. All right. Um, Brandon, do you want to go? You go. You go next. Okay. I give this episode a 5 out of 5. I give the whole series a 5 out of 5. I hold this show higher than The Clone Wars. I said it. Wow. Last ep- I said it last episode. Wow. I said it last episode that this show can potentially beat the Clone Wars for my number one. Uh, Holy show. shit! This show beats the Clone Wars not by a mile, not by feet, by millimeters. That's um, crazy because you like worshipped like Clone Wars since do, you were like I, a fucking kid. I met the creator of the Clone Wars, and I That's still crazy. put this show higher than the Clone Wars. I think this this proved two things. And I tweet about them. This proves two things when moving forward. This proves one, there is still risk taking and there are still original ideas out there in Hollywood for these big franchises. Yep. There is risk taking. And it was so nice to finally see. Maybe I'm on the wrong franchise train here, you know, because Star Wars ain't giving me any risk. They're giving me the same cookie cutter bullshit constantly. And I'm sick of it. I want to see something new. This was so nice to see. I'm not a Marvel guy. I've only seen Ragnarok, Infinity War, Endgame, Ant-Man the Wasp, Captain Marvel in theater. Like the, that last little phase there. And when and I'm like, and by the end of that, like with Endgame, I was kind of, oh, and Spider-Man Far From Home. But by that, I'm kind of like, all right, this is the same, you know, good guy, bad guy, little twist in here, you know, whoopty fucking do. When, when Brandon and I sat down and watched that first two episodes, I I can't tell you guys the excitement I felt when I watched that. 
I mean, when I saw 50s and 60s television through superhero type style storytelling or other way around, like 60s and 50s style storytelling with superheroes in it, I was like, holy shit, what are we doing here, Marvel? And I fell in love with it all the way through the end. If I have to sacrifice one fucking episode for the six or five episodes of sitcom storytelling that was beautiful, so be it. I love the final season. I love when Wanda turned into the Scarlet Witch. I love that, yes, it answered it answered all our questions that needed to be answered, and it still left some open in a nice way to continue on the Wanda storyline. Um, yeah, I, I do agree with you. I don't agree with you guys, but I can understand why you don't like Pietro. Uh, VHO, I mean, like, I, I totally understand that. I'm not saying, you know, go fuck yourselves. You guys are wrong. You know, that's just how writing is. The writing was, no, I totally get it. I like, that's how I felt with Mandalorian season two. Like they set it up nice and it just shit the bed. And that's exactly what that VHO thing was. So I, I do understand that. But the directing of this, the storytelling, the enemy, like Brandon said in the last podcast, the enemy being grief going through the five stages of grief through a fucking sitcom. I mean, that's, that's just, genius. That's, that's beautiful. I, bold. It's, it's bold. It, that's exactly the word, Brandon. It's bold. Cause when the hell, when was the last time we saw a big franchise like this, take this big of a risk, this kicked off phase four. This said, yep. we're not fucking around. We're doing some new shit here. Falcon and we're a soldier. I hope they're doing new shit. I hope it's a buddy cop thing. I hope it's literally like Beverly Hills Cop or some bullshit like that. Or that let's would be, be cool. cops. You know, I hope it's something funny like that. Comedy more TV. I would be fine with that. Yeah, it's still going to have the MCU traits. Okay, you know, what, whatever. But if it still blends genres, Marvel's on a whole nother level, especially with WandaVision. And I hope they keep that tenacity up moving forward. I loved every minute of this show. So for me, the ep- the series was a five out of five. The episode was a five out of five. And yes, it is higher than a Clone Wars on my favorite uh, fandom TV shows of all time. And if you follow the channel and if you follow me, you know, that's like the boldest fucking statement I'm ever going to make probably. But this show (laughs) didn't, this show didn't hit, didn't have anything where I was like, you know, wow. I, uh, you know, like, I didn't like that. This show, like everything I loved and, if this show doesn't win a shit ton of Emmys, Golden Globes, however many awards it can win, I'm going to be pissed, quite frankly, because me too. I, I, I think this this show that superhero stories can be cinema. And, and I don't say that lightly because I do agree with Scorsese. Yeah. So but uh, I think this really shows that superhero <laughs> stories can be something more than just nonsense superhero stories i agree with you i will hold this show in the highest regard till the end of time or until they make a season two if they make a season two get fucked disney i fucking hate you fucking cocksuckers they All better right. not, they're not gonna make yeah, it because they, they better not do a season two no they absolutely better not but i mean look at how much buzz this show got this that that's what worries me so much that just because the show got so much buzz they're gonna do a season two brandon now let's hear your review my man i'm gonna be more i'm gonna be more critical on the guys i'm sorry i'm i i gotta give it a three out of five <gasps> holy shit dude <laughs> holy shit <laughs> the three and a half 
three and a half at the most for me. Uh, what? I knew it. Dude. It's just I just a lot of problems in this episode for me. It's just I mean, don't get me wrong. The the arc with Wanda finishing up was great. Yeah. I thought, you know, it was just you know, all in all, it's just about my preferred taste of how stories wrap up. That's I just honestly my that's just honestly my opinion. If yeah. you don't get like if you guys think the show is great, that's fine. Like, like I can see, I can totally understand why. But to me, I just would have liked more clarity and more, you know, more questions, more the important questions, just you know, more cleared up and then on its way. <clears throat> but other than that, this was this was a fine episode for me. Very okay. solid. F- solid end to this show. Okay. For for my overall grade of this show, four out of five. All right. And the last four episode, the last episode knocked it down. Obviously. Just yeah, just a little yeah. bit. But like I said, it, okay. it's just all in like you know, just wanting stories a bit to like clear up a bit more. But yeah, regardless of that, I agree with you with almost every single thing, Danilo. The acting performances were phenomenal. We didn't even Ab- talk about when she lost Billy, Tommy, and Vision again at the end. You can talk about that, Brandon, right now. Okay, so this is this is right after she gets her new costume, which we didn't really go into that much detail in this episode. The outfit looks stunning looks fucking dope. on her. Yeah, it looks fucking dope. Like, it looks, it looks amazing. I love the updated attire. So, so yeah, all, all, for, all that family goes back into the house and Vision and Wanda tuck the kids in to go to sleep. But in the window, you can see, you know, the, the, the hex is starting to, you know, close in on them. And she says this great line right before Vision and her leave. She goes, boys, thank you for choosing me to be your mother. Oh, that, that almost got me there. Dude, that I, was a great line. I cried from the moment uh, they walked into the house and they turned back into their regular outfit, like natural clothes, like you know, reg- like 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 your average Joe type clothes. Yeah, that that was great. But then, I mean, but then we get. It's honestly one of my favorite moments from this entire show, where Wanda and Vision, the Hex Vision, you know, they have their final confrontation with each other. And I got to be honest, I was teary-eyed through that entire experience. The music, Same. the writing, the acting, especially, all, um, it's all amazing. I would not change a single thing about that specific scene. When Wanda says to Vision, you are a piece of the Mind Stone in my, uh, inside of me, that's almost as big as uh, what Vision said in episode eight. With the, the thing, grief line. The thing that got me it's, in this line it's was up there. the um if if we if we've said goodbye once, it's bound to reason we'll say hello again. That's I'm That's like great. holy fuck. I started the, the whole vision monologue too, where he goes, um, in the beginning I was um what was it, a vision with no body? Yeah, I yeah, was yeah. a I was a vision with no body, but then he goes on to say, like, now um you know, um, I'm a, now a memory. I forgot how the line goes, but it was really good. It was like a memory. Um, anybody remember that line? With memories, wasn't it? Or like a memories with purpose, something yeah, like that. Yeah, a memory with a purpose or something like yeah. that. But the, 
that specific piece of writing right there, I perfect. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. But yeah, but continuing on with the overall quality of the show, everything leading up to episode nine was amazing. Like the mystery, the buildups. Like, you know, again, we could we can go on and on about, you know, what happened in episode nine, all we want. But the fact that we still have eight out of those nine episodes still that still hold up, at least to me. Oh, same that's here. Just say, same here. That's just saying a lot about how great the majority of the writing was in the show. And consistent, consistent writing. Consistent as well. Yes. I will also say the characters were also well written. Like no matter who you were. Like even even the uh the three uh you know the little group of Darcy, Jimmy Wu and Monica. Like I found all of them extremely likable, funny. They all like bounced off each other really well. Like and and you know I can't give enough praise to Elizabeth Olsen in this show. If she does not get a fucking Emmy for her acting performance in this show, I am going to be pissed. If she doesn't get some award, I'm going to be pissed. A nomination she, ain't enough. A nomination if, ain't enough for me. She, she has at to least, A nomination, I can, I can understand because it, depend, it depends on, like, you know, because it, it's March right now when we're yeah, recording yeah. this. So, I mean, w- w- I mean, I don't know when, you know, the next Emmys come out There's because there's two variations, but there's there could be many kinds of shows that you know you know where there's great acting performances in that as well but i'm saying it right now that if she doesn't at least get recognized with a nomination for an emmy i'm going to be pissed even you know i'll even go as to say paul bettany too because i think he's just as good as elizabeth Olsen in this show yeah, I think he's underrated in this show for sure. We've been ta- we have always talked about Elizabeth. Catherine Olsen. Hahn was great. Yeah, the kids. I was surprised on how good their acting was for the most part. Billy and Tommy. I like them. They were cool. I mean, up until episode nine, I thought I really liked Evan Peters' role for the small role that he had when he first appeared. I thought because I I really like Evan Peters. I thought he's great in these type of roles where like he can just you know work well in this in this scenario in yeah. this type of genre. So I thought that was really good. The music, like we said, was great as well. Wanda's whole story, like, like going, like, I just can't believe my last theory I brought up in our previous uh, podcast. Yeah, yeah. Came true like a day. Yeah, I can't. Like the whole, the whole story of Wanda's main villain eventually being grief. That's a, like we said, a bold thing. For Marvel to kick off Phase Four, yeah. and I think it knocked it out of the park in in that storyline at least. That's a bold thing in any franchise to do is because to make your main villain not something tangible where they're having a big battle at the end. I totally agree with you, and because Wanda was so de- well developed as a character throughout this entire show, like that just speaks wonders to me of just how fantastic. Just it's everybody just seemed like there was a passion for this project, and oh, you could sure. see it. You could see it in the on the on the screen. For everybody sure. was enjoying it. Like no matter no matter my feelings about it or whatever everybody else's yeah. feelings are about it. But like I you think, could tell, like there was something special with the show, and everybody knew it. Yeah, and I think uh, we'll discuss more about that when we talk about uh, Shockman and his uh, little article he did with Kevin Smith. Right. Um, 
yeah, it's 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 a great show. Um, I loved it. I'm gonna ask Francesco something now, um, because him and I are both Star Wars guys. Um, Francesco, do you think they're gonna shit the bed with Wandavision's story being very similar to Ray Skywalker's story? Uh, or do you think they're gonna pull it off better than Star Wars will? They're Actually, gonna pull, it's not a question. They're gonna they will. It, they will pull it off better. <laughs> yeah, because they're smart. They're see Kevin Feige is a lot smarter than Catherine Kennedy. Stop, and dude, stop. It's the whole company. I don't want to hear people dogging on Kathleen Kennedy. Whole company is fucking a, a train wreck. Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah, they're just horrible. I think they're gonna be because Ray Skywalker was a huge learning lesson for a lot of filmmakers and how to not write a female character. Yeah. And uh can I just leave? No, he just turned off his camera. Okay. Um I you know I I feel like that with Wanda they're going to write her a lot better. They're, she's going to be more developed and she's she's still learning and still growing and I don't think they're going to be making the same mistake as they did with Ray Skywalker. I mean, do you see the similarities there? Ray, she was a Ray Palpatine. People are telling her, "Oh, you're so much more. You're so much more. You're so much more." She finally denounces Ray Palpatine, and she becomes she takes on the name Ray Skywalker because she finally accepted that I'm not my past anymore. I'm someone new. And Wanda Vision did this in one episode, and they executed it way better than fucking. Um, they did. They Star really Wars. did. Because and- remember, she said that line of, "No one's gonna tell me who I am," or. You know, do not tell me. I forget what she said before she suited up into her outfit. Do you remember what she said? I don't remember, but I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about, though. It, it was see with one, see Wanda and Ray, they're very similar because you know they're both female protagonists. However, they're different in in many many ways because Wanda, we see a gradual like a gradual um, emotional buildup towards uh like you know towards the very end versus with ray you see you know the thing about george lucas and not george lucas um with star wars is they jump so many times they only figured it fit like character development within three movies versus with like they don't let the character development age you know yeah. they're it's just a very rushed versus with wanda it aged like fine wine yeah it really did and that's what that's one thing i really loved about that's why I think the writers are not going to be there. They've written it a lot better than Ray Skywalker or Ray. Yeah. Either one of those bullshit things. Anyway, though, guys, that was our review of WandaVision. The whole episode, the series finale episode, episode number nine. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Please let us know what you think of the episode. Um, Did you enjoy it? Did you not enjoy it? Now we're gonna move, we're still gonna continue on with what we usually do, where we go into Easter eggs and a few theories, and then we're gonna talk about this article that did come out today or yesterday because this should be uploaded Tuesday night. What hap- What wh- behind the scenes problems with WandaVision? Where director Matt Shackman, Shakeman, Shockman talks to Kevin Smith about some problems and some things that did happen behind the scenes in WandaVision because of SARS CoV two. So, <laughs> East. What are you laughing about, dude? People call it like twenty different things. You know, the Florida bat virus. The what? Yeah, the bat. The, the bat virus as well. Florida didn't even have a virus because they were just like, yeah, fuck this shit. And Florida's already got enough problems as is. 
Yes, they were like, yeah, we're not even doing masks or anything. We and we're talking masks. about the state, not like, you know, if there's people from Florida who are watching, thanks for it. Yeah, no, if, yeah, if you guys are from Florida and you're listening to this, we do appreciate you. We sure do. Please don't come to Michigan and kill us, though. Anyway, though, now we're going to move on to Easter eggs. <laughs> um, Francesco, I didn't see any here on the little document. You don't have any, right? Give me a wink if you don't. Uh, actually, I do have one. What? Uh- I do have one. It's a right, uh, final Easter egg. Uh, yep. Okay, so we're going to hear uh, Francesco's and Brandon's because they are the Marvel connoisseurs where I don't know anything about Marvel, like I said. Who the hell even is Mephisto? Uh, uh, Francesco, why don't you start us off, man? So this is going to be my last Easter egg with WandaVision, and I only have one. Oh, no. So we need to know the powers of um, Billy. So Billy has the powers of magic, my in mind manipulation also he can read thoughts as well mm-hmm. and so we can see that you know as they're talking the kids good night and they're saying good their goodbyes essentially that it, we don't see them hold a you know we don't see the camera it like just it pans to just billy and it focuses on just billy and he look looks at his mom and with the, like a sign of knowing what's going on kind of because he has like a special connection with his mom because they're both magic that yeah i didn't either i wondered why they didn't talk i'm like like she like you know kind of like yeah and was like you know give him like a shake you know typical mom tucking in someone someone right yeah that's what i thought it was she's very close he see the thing is billy and yeah billy and her mom and and his mom they're very close and they also have like a very interesting relationship in the comics as well because they're both magical and it, it's just like it, it's like a really touching moment because I, I feel bad for like you know the, the young uh, Tommy I feel bad for Tommy because like you know he's just like known as like the troublemaker you know cool sibling <laughs> but with Billy though I, I have to give my hats off to Billy and the actor that played Billy because you could see a moment of knowing and understanding and it was really touching it was really really touching and like that's one of the the one of the many like emotional aspects of like the finale that i really enjoyed because he knows what's going on and he's gonna be saying goodbye brandon what are your easter eggs that you have for our viewers and listeners out there so this is going to be another shock to you guys. I only have three Easter eggs I found no in this episode. Way. Oh, wow. And if you guys are just wa- and if the people watching this for the first time, I usually have like five pages worth of Easter eggs. Uh, I actually but- thoroughly enjoyed all of that. I, as much as it was like a hassle kind of like for you guys to do all that research and I did it, it, none, it's a lot of it was eggs. very cool to it's hear a lot of Easter, eggs. Easter eggs. Yeah. And that, yeah, that's what I love about the show, too, is that they can, you know, just interweave, like, little details to just, like, you know, give a little shout-out to the fans. And even the crew, for the matter, because a lot of the Easter eggs that we found on the show was a big shout-out to the crew. And I really appreciate that, because I don't think that gets enough um, appreciation in television shows at this time. So kudos to WandaVision and the MCU for, you know, doing that throughout this uh, show. I love that. So... My first 
little Easter egg that I noticed right off the bat was there are a couple of Wizard of Oz references uh, in this episode. Uh, the first one is when uh, there's a little quick battle in the beginning of the episode uh, with Wanda and Agatha. Uh, Wanda lifts up a car or she uses her powers to lift a car and throw it uh, in front of Agatha and uh, it goes into a house. And we get that little shot of, you know, Agatha's boots remaining when Wanda gets close up to it. And that's a little nod to, um, you know, the Wicked Witch of the East, uh, you know, having that house collapse down on her in the Wizard of Oz. So that was a nice little touch. And also there's a brief instance in the uh, in the movie list, in the theater listings of uh, Oz the Great and Powerful, which was directed by the one and only Sam Raimi. But what, what do you mean, boo? I actually like him. Yeah, he's all right. Which, which is interesting because I found there's a couple of uh, Sam, Raimi, Sam Raimi references throughout this whole show. I mean, there's not a lot, but I mean, there's, there's a couple references to him, mainly because he's going to be directing uh, Doctor Strange 2, which should be coming out next, about a year from now, I want to say. Yeah. Um, so, well, speaking of Sam Raimi, uh, actually, you know what? We'll, we'll get back to him later. Uh, there's also another there's also another listing, and I think uh, Danilo will like this one, is there's a listing in the uh, theater uh, for Tannhauser Gate, which is a reference to the a Blade Runner uh, monologue at the end of that movie with the tears in the rain uh, m- monologue, I believe. Yes, yes, yes. That is an excellent, excellent Easter egg. Because he was trying to decide, like, what's real, what's not. Is he a replicant? Is he? He's trying to have life because he is a replicant uh, for the people who kind have. Kind of like vision throughout this whole uh, Ex- show. Exactly, and kind of like Wanda as well. Of like, uh, yeah, a little bit of what Wanda does as it well. mean? You know, to like live and lose and all those types of things. It great fucking Easter egg by the showrunners to put that in there. Yeah, I know you especially like that because you you've been really appreciative uh, or you've really enjoyed the uh, Blade Runner movies. So I know that was a little nod to you there. And finally, for my last Easter egg, uh, this is mostly in the post credit scene with Wanda when she's, um, you know, all alone in a cabin in some, you know, isolated area. It's like a mountain area. Um, but that, that entire scene is very eerily similar to the final moments of the first Evil Dead movie which was, again, directed by Sam Raimi. And like we said earlier on in this podcast, where Michael posed a score kind of similar to, like, you know, the Doctor Strange uh, score that we see, there's a lot of references because Kevin Feige's point out that this show is going to bounce off of movies like Spider-Man, No Way Home, and Doctor Strange 2. So I thought those were nice little Easter eggs in that as well. Yes, um, so yeah, that's all the Easter eggs, guys. Not a whole lot for this episode. I oh, I would also oh. I would also like to point out one little thing that I forgot to mention. Okay. Dottie's real name is Sarah Proctor. I thought that is that's extremely cool. Really that's clever. Interesting. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. That really cool. Because there's an image in the Spanish style or in the uh, Spanish credits okay. where they list Dottie as Sarah Proctor. Which, oh, for those of you who don't know, that's she was um, she was a woman who was accused of uh, being involved in witchcraft during the Salem witch trials. 
Yeah, yeah. So that was a nice little nod to that character, which with what I had to say about this episode and her character, that is the one bright thing that I have to say about that. That is cool indeed. Anyway, though, guys, that was the Easter egg. That's what we thought about the episode. And before we get into this article, I want to go over the all the theories we got right from day one. Oh, wow. You, I think, you listed them all? I think that would be actually kind of fun to see what we all did get right. So we're going to go for. We're going to go back like a like forwards. a time capsule here. Yeah, we're going to go a trip down memory lane. First thing up, the gazebo. Francesco thought the gazebo was important. <laughs> oh, fuck me. Fuck the you. Fucking it wasn't. Brandon, though, in the last episode said, watch the gazebo be something. In- watch the gazebo get like explode next episode. Sure enough, it exploded next <laughs> fucking episode. We got that right. Brandon also got that the townspeople were in some way going to revolt against Wanda. We saw a bit of that, not like violently, but we did see that a bit. Which it was, was it wasn't violent how I pictured it, but but it, uh yeah, it was it was a little thing that in this episode. Yep, it was. I got that Agatha might die and Francesco agreed with that, so him and I both were on that little train. I think Brandon agreed with it too, didn't you, Brandon? Agatha no. dying? Uh yeah, like like she's gonna be a one off villain. You know, like she. Oh yeah, her. the idea of her being a one-off villain, but I don't think I explicitly oh. said her dying. Yeah, yeah. So I the could, one-off villain. I could we, be wrong, but I, I think I more address it as like she's only going to appear in this show. Yeah, we got the one-off villain there. We got um, what else did we get right? Oh, we got a, we got half of the scroll thing right. We thought that someone was a scroll. We thought Jimmy Wu was a scroll, but we did. We someone was a scroll over in. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We didn't really get into that mid-credits scene that much. Yeah, fuck Monica. Jimmy Woo's the king from that mid-credits scene. Um, what else did we get right? We got a lot of fucking things right, guys. Um, oh, my whole prediction about how in episode seven or eight, we're going to see a flashback to Wanda. They did that beautifully. Yeah. It was a whole um, damn episode. Yeah, it was what, a whole damn episode. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I enjoyed it. I thought it was going to be like a 20-minute bullshit best, thing. Best ep- Let me just say best episode in the entire show by far. Yes, mm. I, I, uh, yeah, maybe. All right. Anyway, they'll keep to well, keep fuck, on, fuck you guys <laughs> to keep on going. Um, we did get uh, what else did we get? Right, fuck, I just had it on my mind. Oh, I I once I again got something right about how I didn't think director Hayward was showing or being truthful that um that clip you of were, Wander getting right. the body of Vision was um something. Um, okay, seven six. Five, what we get? We did get, we did see Wanda and Vision face off. It wasn't to what we thought a big battle, but they it was, did. What, 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 let me rephrase that. It's what you didn't expect. Yeah, it's what I didn't expect. I thought there was going to be more of a battle there, but that didn't happen. Uh, shit, you guys, tell me some more Easter eggs we got right because I'm blanking here all of a sudden. Uh, I'm trying to remember what I, what I had. Um, Francesco got the book right, didn't he? Didn't you get the book right? I did. What'd you say about what? What'd you get right about that book? It was like a grimoire. It was like kind of like a book of magic and spells. I also got like the coven thing right too. How is in fact like kind of like the female version of like the the sorcerers from yes, Doctor yes. Strange? Right, we'll talk about that right now. I did get that theory right. So Francesco got a few right as well. Francesco said that that book was um, a book of spells or something like that. We didn't think it was. 
the Book of the Dam, but he did get that right. Uh, the Coven, Francesco also said uh, from episode seven when we saw all those witches, like it was a female version of the Coven of a witch Coven instead of like sorcerers. So Francesco mm-hmm. did get that one right as well. Brandon got a few more right. Uh, Brandon, what else did you get right, man? Um, I am trying to remember what I said. I don't think I have anything more to add there. Okay. Right, uh, nothing good. that I, nothing at the top of my head. All right, we're good then. Uh, so yeah, those were all the Easter eggs we got right. I'm incredibly surprised I- we got like some of them right, close to. I mean, I, I personally think it's pretty cool. Never in a million years. Like seventy five. Yeah, we'll, we'll call it seventy five percent. Mephisto. Yeah, zero on Mephisto. Well, mine but, uh, were mostly about Mephisto, so everything got shut down immediately. <laughs> um, I would have never had any of these theories if it wasn't for you guys, though, at all. Like, I would have just watched it and been like, "Yeah, good episode." Uh, I'm just gonna read verbatim what's on Twitter. But you guys always brought something interesting to the discussion. So thank you once again for being on the show. And before we wrap up, we will be talking about this article, and we'll get to that right now. So, Brandon, do you want to introduce that? Because I know you were the one to put it in the group chat between both of us, where we did Maximoff our thoughts. Okay, yeah. So, real quick, I'm going to at least pull it up on my phone uh, what the actual quote was. Because um, I believe uh, Matt Shockman, who is the uh, creator or the showrunner for uh, WandaVision, he appeared on the Kevin Smith podcast. I believe it's called Fat Man Returns or it's something yes, related yes, something like to that. that. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, he made an appearance uh, when we're recording this, which is Monday. Uh, so uh where is yet real quick ah here it is so apparently uh one of the things that matt shockman um said in the interview was that there was originally supposed to be an extra scene added to the finale so i'm gonna read the full quote at least from what i can see in this in this picture that i have Uh, And this is, yes, this is all of uh, Matt Shockman. So uh, here it goes. And I quote, it all seems, it also seems that the engineer's tease was 100% intended, but was getting worried when people suddenly expected Reed Richard to show up. A lot uh, was left on the cutting room floor, so it may have originally had a bigger payoff. They also confessed that a a lot of CGI edits were a bit awkward as, uh, you know, as pointed out by Kevin Smith Uh, and Shockman continues on by saying that Monica was originally going to have a bigger role in the finale with her, Tommy, Billy, Ralph and Darcy being involved in that scene in which all of them were were trying to steal the dark hold from Agatha's basement. And then uh, we will, we would have eventually found out that, the senior scratchy, which was the rabbit in the show, Agatha's pet rabbit, uh, it was actually supposed to be uh, a demon creature. And that was supposed to be like a big, I believe he described it as like a goonie chase. Some like it was a goonie like chase. Um, but unfortunately, like um, it was all filmed, but unfortunately, uh, there wasn't enough visual effects 
to uh, complete it on time. Now, that's interesting. Um, unfortunately, I want to get here for Francesco's take, so we'll talk for a bit. Um, I am personally not a fan of one directors, showrunners, producers, actors, whoever's part of the production comes out after the fact one of their projects is finished up and it's shown to the public and it's not getting the good re- it's not getting the reception that they think it would so um i'm not a fan of that i don't like when they come out and say that i like when they kind of finish the project they kind of go into hiding and maybe a bit like maybe they do like you know jimmy fallon kevin smith you know something maybe do a talk show after the fact it came out and they're like it was fun to work on. We had a good time. And they don't give any more details than that. I do not like when they try to, I think, I think it's them trying to save face. That's what I feel it is. I think it's them trying to be like, okay, you guys weren't happy. Uh, COVID it was COVID. It was COVID or, Oh, you guys weren't happy for star Wars episode nine with, you know, the lack of Carrie Fisher. It would have been too long. It wouldn't have made sense. We would have had, you know, we would have had three hour more movie, you know, I don't like that. I find it, you know, whatever's put on the floor, whatever's put out there is done. And I, I, I'm calling bullshit on the whole v, uh, visual effects wasn't done in time because you have a you have a blank check. You can do whatever the hell you want. You hire you can hire whoever the fuck you want. You know, there would have been people if you reached out to people who would have finished WandaVision for you, you know, in time and. I don't really know how streaming works, but you probably even could have finished it up till last week and finish up the final touches and submit it somewhere to wherever the fuck the streaming service thing is. So we see it like last Friday, you know, like you could have done it too. You could have finished it up the, when did the finale come out? The fifth, you could have finished it up the last week of February even and submitted it. I don't know how streaming services work. It, it maybe it sounds like that's not how it works. Do not tell me though you had a tenth episode that you couldn't get done in time because of COVID. You for sure could have. Um, and you know if you delayed it by two weeks, you delayed it by if you delayed it by a week, it still would have been fine. I bet. I bet they could have finished it up in a week. Because we're getting a break this week, uh, as well. And so, yeah, it would have been kind of back-to-back of, you know, WandaVision and then Falcon Winter Soldier. But, you know, I, 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 I don't like when directors or people do it. I, I don't. I, I, I just find it upsetting. Like, they, like, they're just trying to save face. How, how do you feel about it, Brandon? So, to me, um, like, that, that little quote that, you know, I just read, it's only a snippet of the interview that we, you know, of, you know, we only heard as of this moment. So to me, it could have just been like a fun little thing, you know, that they wanted to do, but, you know, could just get it done on time, which I think I believe, I believe uh, I found out after that came out that there was a deadline um, that they had to meet before, you know, they put the show out there, which was, I think like two weeks before the first episodes came out. But like you said, like, I mean, I don't know how, you know, Disney operates with their streaming service or like whenever, like they have like a, a deadline they have to meet. Yeah, I don't yeah. know about that. But I mean, like you were saying, maybe they could have like, you know, spent another week and, you know, pushed it off like uh, on a, you know, a week hiatus to like, you know, at this scene. Because him describing it to me, 
I've actually would have enjoyed that. And to me personally, I think that could have helped the episode a little bit more. Uh, I think, I think it could have too, to be, I think because it one, it would have showcased possibly dot, um, Monica's powers a little bit more. Cause I felt like it was very underplayed in the, this previous episode to yeah. me that would have given a lot more meaning to uh, Ralph's character and you know Tommy Billy and even Darcy would have gotten a little bit more screen time in this episode than um, you know the amount she got originally. Yeah. So, so to me, I think that episode would have. Been, I mean, it sucks, but I mean, that's just again, like I said, I don't know how Disney runs, you know, their deadlines and when they're when they have to be met. I'm sure they because I'm sure they wanted like the the whole show to be done by a certain time to, oh to I'm, me at least yeah. I, I they probably do i it's just i don't know i feel like they just shown upside anything i don't know why he did i think it if See, they would have gotten people a bit more upset that hey you could have actually finished it man but you chose not to that that's not a bad point to bring up but like i said like it could have been just like you know a fun little thing that he just wanted to add you know that like like i because to me i didn't think he took it like personally to me like i didn't see any hate in that in that comment that he made at all no i, um, I didn't i didn't I, I don't think so either i just i don't know but the one thing that did gripe me was the fact that he he mentioned days before the finale is that a lot of people are going to be disappointed by the ending which i mean to be fair i mean I mean, that's going to be with everybody. I mean, there's going to be certain people that are going to be disappointed based on their fan theories. But the fact that he said that before, like a days before the finale came out, it was, to me, it seemed very questionable about how this, uh, how the finale was going to turn out. Because looking back, I mean, there should have been more time given to this episode to me. I felt like 50 minutes was not enough to justify that finale, in my opinion. See, I think the um, him saying that was his kind way of saying, your fan theories are all fucking wrong. Just accept what I have created yeah, yeah. and deal with it. Uh, like, yes, yeah. Deal with it. I agree with that. What, what, what do you think of that Shockman quote? Because I know Brandon talked to you about it. Um, so, so what do you think, you know, like, do you like it? Did you not like he liked it? I said I didn't like it. I, I don't like when directors. I mean, how, I'm, try how much and do you face. remember? How much do you remember? Yeah. So what do you what do you make of that quote, uh, Francesco? Well, like, do you like it? Hate it? You know, like I I understand. Like, I understand that there's like con like, you know, scheduling conflicts, you know, especially when it comes to visual effects. I mean, that's good that they got all like their shots done, but I it's a good excuse. I, I, I mean, I mean, there are like film is really difficult as you guys know, especially when it comes to special effects Yeah. and with their yeah, special definitely. effects, you know, it's nothing like sci-fi or like, you know, the asylum productions kind of uh, with low budget. This is like a high budget, you know, uh, kind of TV series that utilizes like movie effects. And I, you know, I, I think it's fine that like we didn't but i want i would have loved to have seen monica more of monica more of the boys you know more action like as brandon like described but at the same time i'm satisfied with the episode the way it is i wouldn't have changed it for better or for worse yeah i, I agree with that i wouldn't uh i i just don't like it when they 
kind of say face. Like yeah, you said, it feels like an too. excuse to me. That's what it feels like. It, it does, but it's it's reasonable excuses, you know. But I mean, uh, it, was this like released right after, right at, as soon? How 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 recent did he re- make the statement? Today, it, it, it was yeah, it today. Podcast, at least the podcast came out today. Yeah, on Monday. Right. Yeah. Okay, because I was gonna say, like, if it was like right after the review started to come in, and then then he makes a statement like that, then that's a bullshit excuse. No, that that's what I'm saying. It, it is yeah. right after the episode does. Well, come yeah, in. yeah. So probably... He gave him the weekend to watch it. He saw that there's negative pushback, and so he he's saving face now. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I not sure. Kind of... if, I'm not sure if Kevin Smith like does live podcasts or like he pre pre records them like we do, but um, yeah, I mean like. Like you said, like he had a couple of days to at least like have that thought in mind. Yeah, yeah. I, I, agree, I agree with you, Danilo. Yeah, and then what do you think of the quote? Because uh, Brandon and I were just discussing that uh, while you were out um, for a bit. Um, we were talking about how uh, Brandon didn't like how Shackman said like this series finale will disappoint a lot of fans. Like, what you do? You, like, what do you think of that? You think that was the right thing to say going into the final episode? First of all, you should never say that fans are going to be disappointed. That's a poor marketing tool. I agree. <laughs> that's I agree. like marketing 101. Do not say something will fail. However, at the same time, I think like one can misinterpret, you know, like if fans will not like it. I think he was kind of he was kind of alluding to fan service. You know, yeah. I think yeah. that's what he was more of talking about. He's not saying like about the quality or the writing of the show. Yeah, it's, it's just fan expectations. It's fan expectation. And That's like, like fans like Brandon and I like will be disappointed, especially more so Brandon, you know, me, I was a little bit more <laughs> forgiving, but <laughs> it's more so fans like super fans like Brandon that would uh, be disappointed. I think that's what Shockman was kind of alluding to. Okay. Other than that, you know, the quality of the show is excellent. The writing, I mean, the writing, I mean, you know, according to whatever you feel about the writing is excellent. The story is excellent. You know, whatever you Mm -hmm. believe, but it's consistent. And that's what I like about it. And, and, you know, I don't, I, I think that's what he's kind of alluding to is like the fan service. I don't think it's like anything about the actual quality of the show because they're, they're working with an empty check. Yeah. So yeah, (laughs) that that's what I said too. I said, I think it was just politely of, of saying, um, you know, fuck your fan theories and just enjoy what I've created. Exactly. And that's yeah. how, like, you know what? I have to say, that's how... I have no problem with him saying that, though. Me like, neither. I have no problem. Yeah. As long as, okay, as long as you're respectful to the source material, you don't fuck it up like fucking Percy Jackson or something like that and just, like, take a mess. Yeah. <laughs> just take a, yeah, major F in the chat for the Percy Jackson series. Hopefully, Rick Riordan's going to turn it around with a new TV series that's coming up on Disney+. Plus. Rumor has it. People have seen the script and they say it's great. Yes. I also yes. heard that they're they're asking for a budget similar to Mandalorian and WandaVision. They're they're asking for a what? Similar to a Wanda? similar a similar budget. Oh, oh that's gonna be fucked. Oh, that's gonna be so good. Yeah, <laughs> especially with especially with the higher up executives loving the script. I'm all for that. Yeah. Uh-oh. That's oh, gonna be God. fucking dope. I, I can't I, wait. I'm so excited with, for when that comes out. If Me we're all still alive too. by then, we'll we'll cover that on the podcast. <laughs> I'll do that. Yeah, that'll be fun. That'd be fun. Yeah, but because those are books. Oh Jesus! Because those are books. 
I have actually read. I've read Good. all those books. Whoa. Plot twist. Plot twist. That was a different that was a different Danilo back then who actually read. <laughs> <laughs> but um anyway though, guys, uh... that's the end of the WandaVision review, the final episode for the hopeful probably the one and only season. As you can tell, we've enjoyed the entire ride. We cannot wait to see where Marvel is going to take its television and its new Phase 4 movies and everything beyond that. We have total trust in all of it. Yes, some things fell flat in this final episode. I understand that. But overall, though, this show showed that, you know... We all love we all love what Marvel is doing. And yeah. I mean... It's just, it's just, uh, it's just out of love uh, throughout all of this, pretty yeah. much. And I mean, all of us getting together too was, you know, fun as well. Like that's what mm-hmm. made this mm-hmm. WandaVision thing probably the most fun as well. Like we all just, you know, we were dogging each other. We were, you know, we were, we all hopped on Zoom here at, so we could record it. We all had our theories that went on for hours and a half. I mean, Jesus. Two Jeez. episodes that we did was probably like three hours of theories, and the those two shows combined was only like eighty minutes. So, you know, it, it was it was a fun time, and I had fun time reviewing it with you guys. So, to end off the episode, let's know, let's hear where we can find the man who's been with us since episode one, Brandon. Where can we find you, man? If we want to keep in touch with you as we continue All right, guys if you want to bash me or criticize me about my opinions on episode nine you can follow me on twitter at brandon m226 if you want to uh express your feelings about it i mean well i mean i can you know we can agree we can disagree we can do whatever uh but i mean if you want to do that or if you want to you know just find out a little bit more about myself you can follow me at twitter at brandon m226 you can also follow me on instagram as well at blion 2k20 awesome and francesco the man who has been with me since freshman since 2014 of notre fucking dame pratt where can they find (laughs) you my man where you can find me well you can find me on uh, instagram at franny officially and you can also check out my own personal film podcast called Fantastic Reviews, which is found on Spotify, Apple Music, and YouTube. And so uh, we I just covered my first episode that came out last week on Goodfellas. And this week we're going to be popping up uh, the new episode of Castaway. So feel free to uh, check that out on Spotify, Apple Music, and YouTube. But other than that, though, I got to say thank you to my hosts, Brandon and uh, Danilo, because I'm not a film major. I love film. It's I've always been passionate about it since I was a kid. And I'm a political science major. And, you know, one may think like, like oh, Darcy. Yeah, just like Darcy. And got to love Darcy, you know, especially throughout this series. In and, the clown car. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, I really enjoyed, you know, reviewing with you guys because... It was a lot of fun. Maybe, maybe look forward to something every Friday and every Monday. And uh, it's a nice uh, little ritual that we had going on. And so great, great show. Great podcast. I had a lot of fucking fun. 
Yeah, thank you guys once again for coming on. Um, I had a blast with this. To be completely like, I had a blast every Friday. So so did I, I. I was excited to come home from work, change, shower real quick, and then hop right on and start talking about this show. Do you know how badly I wanted to watch that? I had to wait until ten o'clock every single Friday to watch these <laughs> yeah. episodes. Yeah, and that's then, how dedicated I am to the show. And then Monday night coming on and shooting the shit with you guys for an hour and a half before the show, an hour and a half after we finish up recording, you know, that's always fun where we just talk about film and everything. Um, as you guys, so that's it guys. That's the end of the review. Anyway, though, guys, that's where you can find them. As I said before, I have had a great time talking about WandaVision with both Brandon and Francesco. You can follow me on social media, Danilo Judd on Twitter, Danilo Judd one on Instagram and Danilo Judd on YouTube. D-A-N-I-L-O-J-U-D-D, plus or minus the one. Please hit that subscribe button. This is, as you know, if you're here from YouTube, this is a podcast-exclusive episode. Thank you guys for listening. May the force be with you. This is the way. And see you guys for Falcon and Winter Soldier, another podcast-exclusive episode coming to you in the following weeks. Thank you and good night.